Hey everybody, how's it going? What's up? My name is Kevin. Welcome to the Excused Podcast, where today, everything we're going to be talking about is hashtag excused. Excuse my beauty. Hey guys, welcome back to the Excuse Podcast. This is Kevin. Today is Sunday, February 19th, 2023. And make sure you guys go and subscribe or follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That way you won't miss an episode. Uh, Today I'm going to be on episode three and I'm going to be talking about LGBT issues inside um, the show today. So if you haven't listen to episode one or two, go ahead and go back and listen to those. So today I wanted to go ahead and talk about some of the LGBT issues going on in the community. Um, And this episode, episode three, marks one of the taboo um, items that I have on my list for subjects that's really hard to talk about, especially inside the Native American community. there's a lot of issues at hand and using my platform and using my voice to say something, you know, can really help others who might be feeling it, who might not know what it is or who I've been kind of habitually programmed to accept these things that they feel like it might not quite be that right. You know, like it's kind of like the matrix. There's something wrong with, with what's going on, but you don't really know what it is. And until someone says, Hey, this is what's going on and has a, a clearer picture you might not put the two and two together. And one of those issues um, that I'm going to segue into now is basically bigotry and white straight male patriarchy inside the LGBT community. Let me start off with the background I have. Being in the Native American community, one, you're a minority already, right? Two, if you're not heterosexual, you're driven into a smaller, even smaller pool. So now you're not only gay, non-binary, you know, what have you, bisexual, pansexual, however you may identify, but you're also minority. You're also somebody of color. The way you look, your background, your speech pattern, your language, your ethnicity, everything's different, your heritage. So you're driven into the smaller pool as it is, and then you're thrown into this world where everything that you're taught and everything that you see is whitewashed. It's even more, the lines are even more blurred today than they were before because what you see on television and what you hear on the radio and what you tweet and what you post and what you share and what you see on social media, it's it's got a lot to do with that. You know, the lines are blurred so so well that it's hard to identify where these steps of bigotry are happening, these steps of hate hate speech and hate pattern and all these underlying issues you don't really recognize. What I saw a couple of weeks ago was a social media post I saw, and that's why I wanted to write the show. But coming from a background of Native American homosexuality, we weren't taught in our culture initially to be wary or to be ashamed, or to be having that hidden taboo underlying tone of our identity. And it really comes with the whitewashing. That's where I'm getting at. So being in in, in the Native American community, you know people, you know so-and-so is gay, so-and-so is non-binary, so-and-so is transsexual. 
what we see on social media, we kind of absorb that and then we use that type of hate speech and pattern toward others in our community. And the community is small as it is. So it's almost like we're doing self-damage to one another when the pool is already small as it is. You know, people are financially trying to make it. They're trying to be there for their families. They're trying to be there for each other. Um, they're, they're already struggling with heavier issues, you know, alcoholism, drug use, poverty, and then to add a level of bigotry and hate. It's, it's already like adding layers on and putting the pressure on and then just adding more and more and more until we're all kind of like hunched over, barely even making it. Um, and I see it a lot. So I'm not here to, to preach to someone and say, don't do this, don't do that. But if we're cognizant of what we see, we can maybe take a step back and educate ourselves and kind of decide for ourselves what is right and what is wrong, what is acceptable and not acceptable, what is cool and what is not cool, which will ultimately determine what path we take in life. So as I say, to walk, you know, to walk in beauty, to walk in Hajon, we really have to take two paths, one as being Native American and two as being two-spirit. When, when I say, you know, back to the beginning initially, two-spirit people, they were looked to as, not Ani, as leaders. They were looked to as somebody who possesses masculine and feminine qualities, somebody who's able to see outside of the masculine mindset and really reach beyond and look at choices, you know, different types of emotion and see all sides of it. That's why back in the day, they weren't looked on as someone who should be um, ashamed of themselves. You know, that was really brought on by religious factors, you know, come conquistadors, come Catholicism, Mormonism, and all the other religions that came basically in the name of conquest. So bringing it back to our roots, we really don't have a reason to not like somebody because they're gay, not like somebody because they're trans. <clears throat> a lot of that, I feel, comes from culture. It comes from American culture. The whitewashing of the textbooks, what they teach to strip you of your religion, your identity, you, you need to praise one God, or you're going to you know perish forever, however they want to put it. The message is is driven behind a lot of fear, but there's a, I feel like there's a more underlying undertone for that because the more people you can control, right, the bigger property, the more area you can cover in conquest. So if we can unlearn the bigotry and the hate pattern speech that straight white male patriarchy has input upon our whole people, we can learn how to accept one another and live for each other. Inside our culture, there's a very important figure, a type of deity, as somebody who is very well respected and is present in a lot of Navajo ceremony songs. And that somebody is changing woman, white shell woman, turquoise woman. There's a few different names, but this figure is somebody who represents the season of change. And that person is known as Asahnagle in Navajo. But right quick, I don't want to make it sound like I'm endorsing the Native American church and then discarding religion as far as Christianity, because that's not what I want to do. My background growing up, I was raised in a Christian background, but I'm also Native American, so I can't discount that part of me either. 
I just don't want one religion trumping another at their expense. But like I was saying, Hassan Nugle is somebody who is transgender, represents change, who has both sexes, and is very well respected. And it's interesting because a lot of the times, if you go to the Navajo reservation, the fear of homosexuality is still there. Even growing up in school, people make fun of those who are different. If it is somebody who's transgender, you know, let's say a male to female transgender, and they identify as female, or they just don't want to disclose how they identify because they're still figuring it out. A lot of kids will call them names and, and, and bully them. And it's like, how does our culture, who is rooted in honoring two-spirit, wind up in the present to where they're bullying and calling two-spirit names? How does that happen? And it's basically one thing. Whitewashing religion. Simple as that. So you're taught to think less of people from others who might implement fear as a tool. You know, fear is a very powerful device. If you use it, you can get people to do what you want and to control them. Seeing it up close, because my little sister is transgender, seeing it up close and seeing others who are like her, who are transgender, going to high school, it's really hard to see them struggle. And it's really hard to, at the same time, stand up for them. Because people don't want to be associated with something that's different because we're already unsure as who we are as kids. And a lot of that can be forgiven because kids are just young and they might not have the history of it, but it's taught. We got to teach our kids. We got to teach others. We got to say something. We got to speak out as a member of the LGBT community to help educate others. So that way they understand where we come from. I was on YouTube one day and I was watching a video and it was this sweet, sweet Southern Mississippi woman, this Anglo woman. She was sweet as pie. I love watching her show. As you all know, I do ASMR on YouTube, but I was watching one of her shows and I came across one video where she was saying that one of her grandmothers uh, was Cherokee and that's why she had a little bit of blood in her and a lot I know a lot of people are like okay you know Cherokee that's that's the thing but she swore that her mom uh, excuse me her grandmother was Cherokee and she had a photograph of her and she referred to her as a squaw s-q-u-a-w and I sat there in bed like completely flabbergasted sitting there right before bed and I'm like what did she just say so I rewinded the video again and she was referring to her grandmother that she loved very dearly as squaw she was like my grandfather married a squaw and I loved her so much and I'm thinking there's two separate things going on one Squaw is not a term that we use to describe Native American people. Two, she seems to have some sort of emotional connection with this person. She must love her, right? Her grandmother. So I comment and I let her know, you know, hey, I I watch your video, great content. 
but I was a little bit disturbed to hear the term squaw. Squaw isn't a term that we use to describe Native American people. It's a racist term. It's something that you use to demean Native American people, like, say, redskin or savage, or the N-word for black people, or, you know, cracker for white people. You use these ugly terms to describe a population. And I told her, you know, that's not what you should be using. It's offensive. And she reached back out and she was like, you know what? I did not know that. I did not know that. I had no idea. I've been using that term my entire life. People in the South use it. And I did not know. We didn't know that it's derogatory. Thank you so much for telling me. I am sorry. And that's all it took. But one fact you might find shocking is that there are still people on the reservation who don't know what squaw means, who call themselves or refer to certain ceremonial dances as a squaw dance, which is just another example of gentrification that lies in our roots. Basically, what I'm trying to say is if you speak up and you help educate others, it might help them to understand where you're coming from. Even if it's in the gay community, even if it's in the Native American community, excuse me, community, even if you're Navajo, there might be something you can offer insight on to somebody who is unaware of what they might be doing. A lot of that is also kind of making me bring up a certain topic. So there's a few things going on on social media that I see incessantly that's become quite popular. And that's the use of insult humor toward the LGBT community. Posts going on saying, you know, I identify as gay, but I'm not respect your pronouns gay. And then you get a thousand shares and everyone starts sharing and they try to make it catch on like wildfire. Like that type of content is wrong. It's just basically wrong. You don't need to give very much to respect somebody's identity. It's like completely ignoring who that person is and then sharing it having them see that on your page it's 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 disheartening um i have a few friends that are transgender my little sister's transgender uh, i have a few friends that are that identify as non-binary and i respect however they want to identify if they want to educate me and say you you your pronoun for me was wrong like i will accept it i will correct my behavior that's it. That's all there is to it. It's like being, if you're a boy and someone calls you a girl, right? You don't like that. If you're a girl, someone calls you a boy and you don't like that. If you identify as a man, if you identify as a woman, that's plain and simple. But it doesn't cost a lot to respect someone's pronouns. For instance, another example is a lot of the bullying I see of effeminate male figures on social media and one of the most recent ones was the sam smith issue so sam smith is doing his thing dressing up in women's clothing posting risque photographs and running that excuse me running with that for his publicity okay great fine and then you get somebody like john cena who puts on women's clothing and then everybody gets the humor they laugh at it. They think it's funny. They think it's great. WWE does a 
post and says he looks fabulous. And then everybody under the comments, the straight white people are like, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, we get the humor. You know, you'll get one or two people who'll be like, no, that's not funny. That's not cool. It's gross. But if you see where I'm going, if you put the two side by side together, it's like people are saying as a consensus, it's okay if you look straight. It's okay if you look masculine. It's okay if you look like a man's man. It's okay if you look like this and put on a woman's clothing. But it's not okay if you look effeminate, if your demeanor is more feminine. It's not okay if you're a queer. It's not okay if you put on clothing that are women's clothing. So that type of subtle, casual misogyny using the effeminate nature of the gay community to be like, okay, well, you're submissive. This is the role you play in the bedroom, much like women. We think less of women, so you're like them, so we think less of you. That type of misogyny and bigotry, it's its really hurtful, and it sends the wrong message. So that type of content, is it's toxic, to say the least. It's just toxic. It's wrong. So that really stuck out in my mind as something that I was like, okay, I, I this is something that's, it's just, it, it becomes an issue very easily if we don't check ourselves and do something like not share the post or say something about it or take a second to be like, hey, wait a minute, that's wrong. People might be using it to get a few laughs, but ultimately it's wrong. Um, then it's easier to see those lines being blurred and you can't really decide for yourself what is right and wrong. So back in the day when they first developed audio-visual movies type of film, it was used as a psychological warfare tool. You basically used it to get your message out to somebody maybe who is being held captive or tortured or whatnot, but they used audio-visual for a type of psychological warfare to send a message across because it's easier to see something and hear something at the same time and believe it to be true or accept it and ingest it because it's how our brains work. We're visual, we're auditory. So it's easier for us to accept those types of messages. So fast forward 90 years later, I don't know when audiovisual was created. I'd have to look it up, but fast forward and then audiovisual has turned into social media, it's turned into memes, it's turned into podcasts, it's turned into videos, it's turned into movies, it's turned into film, documentaries, whatnot. It's all out there. It's web design, it's content creation, it's digital photography, it's text, it's posts, it's blogs, it's all of this content that's created inside the digital world at you at once so whatever's on your phone when you're scrolling through you're going to pass so many posts ads that are designed for a specific reason and when you see these content at the rate they're coming in it's a little bit harder to discern what you want what you like what's right and wrong because you have other people liking it putting the anger face on it haha eating it showing the care emoji, the loving emoji. It's almost like these memes and these content are created by somebody 
behind the scenes with a message, sends it out into the digital world so that way they can get a bandwagon on what they're trying to get out. It might not have your best interest at heart is what I'm saying. So when when you're seeing these things, just be cognizant of what you're looking at because it's easier to blur the lines than it is to be like, wait a minute, hold on a second, that's wrong. A lot of that has to do with the younger generation too. When they're exposed to all this content and they're legit, excuse me, and they're living in the digital world, it's hard for them to decide for themselves until older brother, older sister, mom, dad say, hey, this is not right. Or maybe they don't say it and they allow them to do and search whatever they want. It's hard for them to decide what is actually going on in the world, how people morally might not have your best interests at heart. Looking at that, we're all in this journey together, so why not make it a little bit easier and respect one another and be a part of something that really is special? Your roots are special. Where you came up from is special. Who you identify as is is special. These are all very powerful tools that nobody can take away from you. Why not make the most of it instead of using that against somebody? So there's a lot of people who share content that aren't even inside the Native American community, but who are LGBT, and they use the same type of bigoted posts to get a few laughs out of. So it's almost like they're saying, I'm gay, I'm part of the LGBT community, and I'm going to share content that's directed and aimed at our community So that way I can fit in the mainstream, straight acting, heterosexual world. So that way I can be accepted. And if I get a few laughs out of it, maybe that'll change people's perception of me. What are we trying to do? Are we trying to be a sheep in wolves clothing? Or are we trying to fit in when we're not straight? Are we back to being ashamed of being queer? What are we doing? The quality of life thing plays a big big picture, big factor. There's a lot of bills out there and laws where if you identify as transgender, your life is at stake. There's some states where you can't get medical benefits if you're transgender. The ACLU published an article on the 13th, so six days ago, saying that South Dakota, the governor of South Dakota, Kristi Noem, signed a law banning gender-affirming health care for any transgender person under 18. There's bills out there that are being generated to where even if you dress up as a drag performer, you're not, you're, you can be considered as somebody who's breaking the law. So these are very specific bills, tra- you know, anti-trans bills for the bathroom. You can't say gay, you know, Florida. There's all these bills coming up that are aimed and directed at taking down the LGBT community just for existing, just for identifying as gay, trans, bi, non-binary. And why would somebody do that? Why would somebody design a whole system and try to get everybody on board at targeting these people when their lives are at stake? It's it's not fair. It's their quality of life. It's our quality quality of life. Why is it okay for somebody who's straight, somebody who follows that mindset to get a great quality of life and get health care 
and live their lives without being targeted while the rest of us are struggling for healthcare, are, are struggling to be heard, are struggling to have a voice, to be seen, to be accepted. So these small little choices, they do add up. And using your voice to say something, taking action to not share a post is taking an action. One of the ways to help our own community is to quit policing queer femininity. Don't give preferential treatment to the straight acting person, but yet on this side, put the effeminate person in the back seat. That's just morally bankrupt. And that's where a lot of the times, especially within film, it's hard to really make that discernment because a lot of the content we're given is by somebody who doesn't look like us. So how are we supposed to make that connection? So that's all I wanted to say was just be cognizant and be aware. But thank you guys so much for tuning in again and continuing the journey where we break down barrier by barrier the cycle of habitual conditioning so that way we can really live our best lives. All right. Bye, guys. This podcast is an all-original program. Any similarities in story outside of the podcast is purely coincidental. No portion of the content has been intentionally reproduced, and all views and opinions are that of the content creator and owner.